This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vaches? I don't have to show you any stinking vaches! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is priceless. Absolutely priceless. We're going to get into an abbreviated flip around here, folks, but this thing I was telling you about Trump allegedly under investigation uh, by, by, by Mueller and the special counsel. This thing, th- this story came out late yesterday. Or, I'm sorry, early yesterday. And CNN is on, on right now. The Chiron graphic down at the bottom says, Breaking news! Washington Post says, Trump under investigation for obstruction of justice. You know why they're doing that? Because everybody else was focusing yesterday on the shooting of left-wing cra- a left-wing crazy man trying to take out Republicans that it's they had to cover it. So now they're calling it breaking news even though it's it's over it's almost over 2 days old now. The accusation, that's all it is. It's from unnamed sources. Gee, where the heck have we heard that before? Let's start with CNN. Let's see <laughs> this breaking news that's nearly two days old. A spokesman, despite calls from his GOP allies to lay low. On Thursday, John Thune, the third-ranking Republican in the Senate, called special counsel Mueller a man of integrity. It's not a witch hunt. No, I mean, I think that, you know, he's got a job to do. We all understand that. And I think it's in everybody's best interest if, uh, if we let him do his job mm-hmm. and, uh, and we do ours. Should he be there, though? That's the question. There are, and we'll get more into this tomorrow. Greg Jarrett of Fox News wrote, a, and he's he's a lawyer. He wrote a great piece about the inappropriateness of Mr. Mueller being there as special counsel because he has a personal attachment. He has a conflict of interest with uh, James Comey. Let's go over to MSNBS. Gee, I wonder what they're talking about. Service that Bob Mueller lives by, but I have heard that their political strategy is to go at Mueller the way they went at Comey in terms of motive and um, and grandstanding and showboating. Is that going to work in a legal sense? Well, it is certainly allowed. It is lawful to voice your opinion of the other side, the prosecution, the DOJ, etc. So they can do that. And in prior examples, certainly in the Clinton uh, example. Okay, so you've got CNN, the leader of the basket of bias, and MSNBS, 
all talking about a nearly two-day-old Washington Post uh, probably false story, as a lot of things written in the Washington Post are false. New York Times echoed it. And James Comey confirmed that all, that a lot of the stories surrounding the investigations that are going on right now inside of those publications are fake news. Now, what is Fox News reporting on and talking about? Increasing the level of support and security for all 535 members of Congress. Which side of this debate do you come down on? I don't know if there's a side to that debate. I know that in the coming days and weeks we'll be uh, obviously talking about this. I, I don't think we can have a situation like we did uh, uh, yesterday happen again where there's a collection of members. Had Steve Scalise not been there with his security detail, then it would have been much, much, much worse. Oh, so Fox is actually talking about the real news story. Whereas CNN and MSNBS are talking about the fake news story. I see. Uh, thank you for clearing all of that up. This is why we do the flip around, folks, because it it is informative every day of the editorial choices being made by uh, the biases fully illustrated over at MSNBS and the leader of the basket of bias, CNN. And by the way, as we mentioned, I think last hour, Steve Scalise is in in choppy territory right now as far as his his health after being shot in the hip. They're not they're being pretty tight lipped is just how bad it is, but it's it's getting pretty dicey from what we understand. And while Steve Scalise was bleeding on the ground, and while four others were injured from gunshot wounds yesterday, the Democrat reprobate governor of Virginia stepped in front of the cameras and said this. I have long advocated, uh, this is not what today is about, but there are too many guns on the street. This is not what today's about, but I'm going to talk about it because I'm a left-wing extremist kook who can't wait to exploit tragedies for my own political gain. I have long advocated, uh, this is not what today is about, but there are too many guns on the street. We lose 93 million Americans a day. I'm sorry, I, I, I must have misheard. What, what did he say? We lose 93 million Americans a day to gun violence. I mean, Okay, uh, let me do some quick math here. He said, not, Ellie, he said 93 million Americans are lost per day to gun violence. Okay, so let me uh, carry a three. So if we have 320 million Americans and 93 million every single day are lost to gun violence, well, um, within five days, the entire population of the United States would be wiped out because of gun violence. The Democrat governor of the once great state of Virginia, folks. We lose 93 million Americans a day to gun violence. I mean, I've long talked about this. Background check, shutting down gun show loopholes. You know, that's not for today's discussion, but it's not just about politicians. We worry about this every day for all of our citizens. Oh, you hear, you hear the basket of biased press in the background. Governor, you, you must have misstated something. 93 million, that's an awful lot of people. Trying to cut, because he's a Democrat, they're going to try to cover for him. You see. The best and the brightest. That's, that's all the Democrats give us, right? 
<laughs> and you know what? I'll bet you there are some folks who vote for this guy and who vote for that that particular party and say that 93, 93 million people. That's outrageous. We've got to do something. <laughs> One of those guys last night was on Fox News Channel opposite our our very own Dana Lash, who was who was in a very spirited debate with this gun grabbing a liberal extremist. Listen to this. But I want to point out that the CDC report commissioned by former President Obama in 2013 just proved uh, what we all knew is that defensive gun use by law-abiding Americans, Martha, greatly outweighs criminal abuses. I definitely don't want anyone to be made a sitting duck just because the only argument is that a criminal may abuse something that they have every right to possess. You know what? Th what Dana just said was an, ex an extension of what we said yesterday on this very program. She said it in a different way, but basically it's this, that, that we live in a free society and one of the prices that we pay for that freedom is the chance that somebody will abuse that freedom. The solution is not to take away everybody else's freedom because of the abuse. The solution is to punish the person who violated the trust. Only in the mind of of extremists would you say oh look at that person right there he violated our trust let's punish everybody else for his violation yesterday's events showed everybody that good guys with guns and the vast majority of everybody listening to me right now are the good guys we are they we are the good guys and our right of self-defense and our right to defend our neighbors and our families is enshrined in our founding document. And no amount of scare tactics from the Democrat governor of Virginia or this guy that the Dana was debating last night is going to change that. Guns save well, lives. Yeah, last year and just about every year in America, we have somewhere around 32,000 gun murders and we have about 214 justifiable homicides. Everybody sort of knows that there's a public health yes, epidemic around guns. And, you know, we throw out this, this claim that self defense is What's the number is a, for how many people's lives are saved America? by someone not. who steps in with a gun? Well, we don't know. Part of the reason is the NRA won't let us do the research. That's a lie. That's an absolute lie. <laughs> Go ahead, CDC Dana, really report quick. commissioned in 2013 proved it was anywhere from 2.1, actually 500,000 to 2.3 million instances annually. So don't lie and say that the NRA stood in the way of that. It, dis it disrupts your narrative and you refuse to acknowledge it. And at the same time, you had the audacity to claim that you're for gun safety. <laughs> What's the word? Boom! We'll talk about this with Larry Pratt. Gun owners of America up next on the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Reminding America that limited constitutional government is cool. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. The Chris Salcedo Show. Listen. 
dial. Speak. 888-900-3393. What, what's the number for how many people's lives are saved by someone right. who steps in with a gun? Well, we don't know. Part of the reason is the NRA won't let us do the research. That's a lie. That's an absolute lie. Go ahead, CDC Dana, really report quick. commissioned in 2013 proved it was anywhere from 2.1, actually 500,000 to 2.3 million instances annually. So don't lie and say that the NRA stood in the way of that. It, dis it disrupts your narrative and you refuse to acknowledge it. And at the same time, you had the audacity to claim that you're for gun safety. Let's talk more about this and uh, what what happened yesterday with Larry Pratt. He's the executive director of Gun Owners of America. Larry, welcome back to the Chris Salcedo Show. Well, thank you for having me back. Good to be with you. Yeah, what about this idea? Do, uh, have you guys uh, been out there preventing folks from doing surveys and figuring out how many, uh, how many lives are saved every year by, by good guys with guns? Not only not preventing it, but we've been uh, very happy to post on our website the research done by John Lott and his uh, research foundation, Crime Prevention, I believe is uh, the main part of the name of it. And he is a numbers cruncher par excellence. He has analyzed uh, the, the availability of firearms as a factor in the reduction of crime and many things of that uh, related nature. So, no, <laughs> we think it's only to our benefit for people to get as much information on this subject as possible. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how you felt, but I was thoroughly disgusted as individuals had were still suffering from gunshot wounds yesterday, not even transported to hospital, when, as the Daily Caller reported out, uh, here was their headline, Steve Scalise was still bleeding and liberals were calling for gun control. <laughs> and they were hitting Twitter, like uh, guys like David Frum and others. It seems to me, and tell me if you think I'm onto something here or not, Larry, is that these individuals were very quick because they understood the nature of the attacker, that they wanted to, to immediately start blaming the inanimate object so that the ideology of the, of the attacker would not be examined. Do I think I have that about right? Well, that's, I, I think that's right. And also, there's another related matter that once we uh, have uh, dispatched uh, the problem they don't want us to deal with, um, another question might come up. Why didn't anybody there have a gun would, uh, besides those two cops? Would it have made a difference had uh, other people been able to join in the battle against the guy with the rifle? Um, and this is a question that uh, really pertains to so many crime situations. What if the victim had been armed? And we find that as more and more potential victims is, are armed, uh, the violent crime rate in those jurisdictions goes down. You took me right where I wanted to go. Larry Pratt is my guest, folks, executive director of Gun Owners of America. And many of these lawmakers who were out there sitting ducks, basically, on a baseball field, expressed their angst and their anguish. They weren't armed. They didn't have weapons let, to let go back after on that. These yeah. are pro-gun individuals. I think probably all of them have sponsored legislation that would make it so you're their concealed carry permit that they very well might have back in whatever their home state would be valid in even the District of Columbia. But that's not law yet. And so here they are playing baseball in Alexandria, Virginia, right across the river from the district. From there, they're going to go right to work. So if they were to have a gun with them at the ball field, which they could have done legally uh, in almost every circumstance uh, here in Virginia, 
what do they do when they go to work? Do they go back home first uh, to their apartment in Arlington or Alexandria or something and leave the gun there? Or do they go into the District of Columbia with the gun, uh, even in their trunk, and break the law? You know, it's an intolerable situation. The D.C. laws are stupid, anti-self-defense, and that's one of the explanations for their much higher violent crime rate. We've got to override the District of Columbia's attempt to disarm the good guys. Well, it's not just it's not just D.C. You look in Chicago, you look out in yes. the entire state of California and in, in yes. almost all of those cities out there. You get the same dynamic. But uh, the, the broader point I wanted to expand on was the fact that good guys with guns, by the grace of God, many are saying, who happen to be out there because uh, Congressman Scalise happened to be out there. They were the ones who gave these guys a shot at survival. So the mere presence of good guys, the Capitol Police with, with guns, saving the day makes the case for good guys all over the United States having guns. And what I mean by good guys is law-abiding citizens, not just uh, uh, individuals who are in law enforcement. It does indeed. And just to go back to something you said to drive that point even further home, had Congressman Scalise not been there, had the number four in the hierarchy of seniority or, or uh, uh, influence in the House uh, been there, instead of Scalise, there would have been no armed guards. It was only the t- it's only the top three in the hierarchy of the House and the same in the Senate, I think, that get the police protection. It's not uh, that they're more special, particularly. It's that that's the nature of limited human resources. We just can't do it for everybody. Well, there is a partial answer. Arm everybody if they want to be armed. Yeah, well, actually, again, uh, perfect segue. Uh, We talked with Congressman Michael McCall, who said that now this debate has been reignited up on Capitol Hill for allowing these lawmakers to carry weapons in the District of Columbia. Uh, Do you think that's a good idea or a bad idea? Not just lawmakers, though, everybody. And that's the point of the legislation that Mr. Hudson of North Carolina and Senator Cornyn of Texas have introduced. Uh, It would make it so that a concealed carry permit in one state, it's good in every state, just like a driver's license. That would go a long way to helping in situations like this. Well, hopefully Mr. Cornyn can parlay this incident into uh, uh, getting that type of legislation through and, and maybe some of his Demo- Democrat colleagues who recognize the need for such legislation in the wake of a tragedy that we just saw will see their way clear to side with the Constitution and rather some uh, some special interest groups. Larry it, Pratt, it everybody. personal yesterday, didn't it? Now, they it played baseball, too. <laughs> it sure did. Larry Pratt, everybody, executive director of Gun Owners of America, sir. Appreciate the time, as always, here on the Salcedo Show. Good to be with you, Chris. Thanks. And as I mentioned with Mr. Pratt there, we did speak with Congressman Michael McCall late yesterday evening. And we will uh, play that conversation for you right after the break here coming up. But I got to get to another quick story that is somewhat breaking. It was breaking yesterday and we told you about it is Otto Warmbier was sent back to the United States. He uh, was not the same as when he left the United States and ended up in North Korea. This young man is, uh, is in a coma, and his parents have held a press conference today in which they said it was utter rubbish, the idea that uh, was being floated by the North Koreans, 
that he contracted botulism while he was in their custody. Medical analysis seems to indicate that this young man was tortured, significantly so, with trauma to his his brain. And he is in stable condition right now, but again, that they're just they're just unsure how this young man is going to recover or if he will. And one, I, I, I know that it's probably foolhardy to allow or, or to, to make policy based on the life of one human being. But just speaking as your rank-and-file American, this gets my blood boiling, and it's probably a good idea that I'm not in charge. Because I just might be tempted to make Kim Jong-un pay. And pay dearly for what he did to one of our citizens. Uh, My conversation with Congressman Michael McCall that we had late yesterday comes up next right here on The Chris Salcedo Show. Be right back. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, We caught up with Michael McCall, chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, uh, late yesterday, folks. This is how our conversation went. Kind of threats that come people's way uh, to Republicans and to Democrats and the threats that are made and the violence. I think this country has to take a pause and really rethink our values and our morals. And you have good people on both sides who come here to serve that are attacked um, uh, with language all the time. We have to, we well, have to look at this and go, take the temperature down. These are real people with real families. Um, and if you get that kind of leadership, um, I think that signals to the rest of the country, hey, these aren't sitting targets. Um, these are real men and women um, who have families and lives. Republican Congressman Duffy earlier today on Fox News uh, stating the obvious, but what seem a lot of folks in this country have seemed to have forgotten, lost and mired in, in their political misery. Uh, and we would all do well to remember some of these lessons today, and hopefully the Congress will take some of those lessons. I've got uh, a, a soundbite that I'll play for you later, folks, of t- uh, Texas Congressman uh, Barton and Congressman Doyle, Republican and Democrat, the managers of these baseball teams, and they held a joint press conference, and they had plenty of things to say about dialing back the rhetoric. It's time to become Americans again. Let me talk about this and many other things with my next guest, Congressman Michael McCall, the 10th district here in the great state of Texas. Congressman McCall is chairman of the House Committee on Homeland Security. He's the author of the, the new book, Failures of Imagination, The Deadliest Threats to Our Homeland and How to Thwart Them. Congressman, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Oh, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Your comments on the shootings today, sir? Uh, just, uh, it's, it's awful. I mean, the mood up here right now is uh, I think everybody's stunned. Um, we got the news this morning. I got my briefing on it. And the fact that uh, you know, the majority whip Scalise is still in critical condition in the hospital. Uh, was He was crawling from second base out in the, to the outfield to try to save his life. And it, fr- quite frankly, Chris, if, if, um, if, if he had not been there, Scalise, he has two security 
Capitol Police officers assigned to him because he's the majority whip. Had he not been there, I think all these members uh, very likely would have been just slaughtered on that field. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just reminds us, it kind of takes me back to Gabby Gifford and the, the fact, as you were talking, the ex- excerpt you had earlier, that we're all, you know, we, we have our personal lives, um, but we're all kind of targets. And, um, and you know, the, the public, it, it's gotten kind of toxic out there. And you see the town halls um, and how they react to members. And, you know, we, I look on my social media sometimes, and there's some very hateful things that are said on it. And, of course, this guy, you know, the, the shooter, uh, was, his social media was filled with hate and anti-Trump rhetoric and anti-Republican rhetoric. And, you know, it's just whether, whether your target's Republican or Democrat, this is just totally unacceptable form of, of, of political speech. If you, you want to... Speech, that's fine, but you don't take it to this extreme and use violence and start killing people. Your colleague, Mr. Scalise, who is, uh, as you mentioned, not out of the woods yet, was, no. was still on the ground uh, and, and bleeding when individuals like Kevin Levine, David Frum, and others were already making this a gun control issue when by anybody who has half a brain cell could see it was good guys with guns who saved the day here. As you rightly point out, had those men and women not been there who were part of the security detail, had they not been there, you and I would be having a very different conversation right now, yes? Absolutely. I mean, these these Capitol Police officers are really the, the, the heroes uh, from this whole tragic you know event, and it would have been you know, I think, as Rand Paul said, a, a killing field it, had it not been for these two officers. And, you know, you know, I, I, I think if, you know, this may raise a debate if, if members should be able to carry weapons to protect ourselves. You know, that's the other side of this equation. But this is not the time to start getting into the, the politics of all this. I think, you know, like the speaker said, an attack on one of us is an attack on all of us. I think the rhetoric, we need to kind of restore some civility to our public discourse, and uh, and people need to know that, uh, like as Duffy said, you know, we're, we're humans. We're, we have uh, families, and um, I just pray that the Scalise makes it through this. And and you know, the other staffer was uh, shot in the chest and just barely missed his heart, and he's in very critical condition. Right yeah, that's Roger Williams, uh, Texas Congressman Roger Williams, his staffer, who we played a soundbite before you came on, Congressman. He was very tearful and visibly shaken as as were all members who are on that baseball diamond today i mean i joe barton is not known for his his emotion and he yeah. couldn't contain it today his sons were with him on that baseball diamond which has been yeah. the tradition uh, your reaction sir when you heard of over on the democrat field that when they heard about what happened to their republican colleagues they engaged in a prayer session well, and there's a there, that photo um, is etched in our memories of them praying for the other team, so to speak. But you know, we're all members of Congress, and we all have a kind of a special bond because of where you know we serve our nation. We disagree on what is right for the country, but that's that's part of our democratic process. But uh, this is these these events uh, tend to bring, I think, the members together and remember, you know, what's what's important. Um, and, um, you know, it's just a, this game has always been such a cheerful event for Republican and Democrat. 
and it, it's turned into a tragedy. But the game's going to go forward tomorrow night. We're not going to let the bad guys win, and I think that's an important message for us to have. And I think the speaker gave a great uh, speech on the House floor uh, that was very moving, you know, to all the members, um, you know, who were there. And I just, you know, seeing p- the members who were on the field who literally had just really gotten off it just hours previously who were literally just shaken up. I mean, they were yeah. in shock uh, because they'd just gone through this active shooting spree. The big question on everybody's mind is, do you think this will serve to bring down the temperature? Uh, because, and we detailed some of these things before from uh, pundits in the media, from the likes of Fareed Zakaria, who hailed the depiction of Donald Trump being assassinated in a play mm-hmm. uh, as a as a fantastic piece of theater uh, from uh, Tim Kaine, the vice presidential candidate, talking about Democrats taking the fight to the streets after the Democratic loss. Do you think that we taking some inventory and the, and the rhetoric is dialed down after this? I, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. This, this anti-Trump rhetoric has gotten so out of control and, and, and hateful, and it was getting really validated by by the media. And I think, if anything, this points out that that is not acceptable in in, in our country. Uh, you may disagree with the politics here, but but they take it a step beyond. And of course, this government took it to the way extreme uh, yeah. by trying to kill Republicans. And he asked them. Um, you know, he was he was asking around, are there these Republicans on the field, and uh, and that's why he, he tried to kill them. I, you know, I, I uh, these members are very fortunate to be alive. Uh, they just uh, he was, he had an M4 rifle. He was in very close proximity wow. uh, to them. And again, if it wasn't for the Capitol Police, I, I don't know if they would have survived it. Yeah, I tweeted this out. How ironic that such a, a hateful act might be the catalyst. To, to bring down the temperature and, and, and bring back some unity up there on Capitol Hill. Hope springs eternal. Congressman Michael McCall is my guest, folks, 10th District here in the great state of Texas. Uh, some other issues I did want to talk with you. We'd originally booked you want to talk about these issues. Uh, number one, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Another blow to the, the Trump administration's temporary ban they're proposing. Uh, this is going to go to the Supreme Court. And what do you think its fate is once it's there? Well, you know, the, the president under the Constitution has extraordinary powers when it comes to immigration and who um, he deems proper and, you know, to bring into the country. So I really think, you know, the Ninth Circuit has always been very liberal uh, circuit, and I, I, I think that uh, I think this has really become an executive branch uh, constitutional presidential authority issue, um, and I do think he will ultimately – you know, prevail on this. In the meantime, when I talked to Secretary Kelly, uh, Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, in the meantime, what I've been urging them to do is ramp up this vetting process in the high-threat countries. Those seven countries didn't come out of thin air. They were actually in my visa waiver security bill that I passed last uh, Congress, and Obama, President Obama added three of those countries to the seven. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a, a foundation and law uh, for these countries but i you know i would argue in the meantime the ban was supposed to be temporary until they could put vetting procedures in place in these very high threat areas and and i have urged the department to move forward with that 
Uh, last thing I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, you are part of a something called a bipartisan Capitol Hill National Security Forum. It's you, uh, Congressman Rupersberger, uh, Marco Rubio, Senator Marco Rubio, and Senator Chris Coons, a Democrat from Delaware. What is this all about? Well, you know, I think I've always thought that, you know, um, national security should be a bipartisan issue. And, and certainly they don't care about our party affiliation, the terrorists. Uh, and when we, you know, we leave the water's edge, we, we should leave this a lot of this partisanship. Now, I've made, you know, my I've had my criticisms of President Obama and his foreign policy, and I thought it, it was a failure. But I think this um, is really an attempt to have top national security experts uh, come to the Hill, and I can't think of a better time to be doing this right now than after the shooting this morning. But, you know, people like John Kelly, the Secretary of Homeland Security, Ambassador uh, Nikki Haley, you know, former Jay Johnson secretary, we'll have former CIA directors all kind of coming together to talk about uh, how can we better protect Americans from the threats. And the threats, as you and I have talked about, and I talk about in my book quite a bit, are are not uh, they're not getting better. It's getting you know worse in in some respects or many respects. Well, uh, Congressman, uh, first off, uh, your your staff bent themselves into pretzels today to get you on onto the program. <laughs> so uh, thank them for me and, uh, and, and and thank you for all the time that you uh, always graciously carve out for the for the Chris Salcedo show. Congressman Michael McCall, everybody, the 10th district in the state of Texas, the book Failures of Imagination, the Deadliest Threats to Our Homeland and How to Thwart Them. Congressman, we'll talk again, sir. Thanks for being here. No, thanks as always, Chris. I appreciate it. That's how it went late yesterday, folks, with the congressman wanted to get some of his comments and what he's been working on on the record and on the show. So you all know, too. All right. We'll wrap the show coming up next here on the Blaze Radio Network. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show. And by the way, we've uh, put up a picture of Fareed Zakaria on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. <laughs> Getting a lot of attention from you folks out there. This is at CNN, shooting in Aurora, Colorado, of Gabby Giffords and now the Virginia shooter. CNN neglected to cover the shooter's left wing political leanings. <clears throat> So we, uh, we put up a picture of Fareed Zakaria, the potty mouth face of CNN. Fareed, Trump hater, Zakaria. That's getting a lot of attention, as is uh, a quote from our good buddy, Ed Dean, the radio machine from Florida. He's been on here as a guest, and he does uh, talk radio out in Florida. Says, bad week for ODB, old dirty Bernie Sanders. Portland stabber, a Bernie Sanders supporter. D.C. shooter, a Bernie supporter. Reality Winter accused of leaking American intelligence secrets. Bernie Sanders supporter. Anybody else, he asks, seeing a pattern here? <laughs> Which is a pretty darn uh, good question. Very good question. Um, the, uh, the Daily Caller was watching CNN yesterday and, and stumbled across this. Today in the White House, we have perhaps 
the worst and most dangerous president in the history of our country. With hindsight, did he, does he go too far in speaking like that about the president? I don't think so, Wolf. I think it, what's interesting is that was at the People's Summit. And uh, what I noticed on the weekend was that without any prior discussion, Roseanne DeMauro, Nina Turner, Van Jones, Bernie and I all spoke about being being careful and, and being involved with, uh, with our, our policies and with our facts, but not engaging in the politics of, of personal destruction, that we believed in civil discourse. Uh, Nina was saying hard on issues, soft on people. Uh, Van Jones was saying, uh, I don't care who you voted for. What we, ca what we care about now is where do we stand? Mm -hmm. Now, dangerous, I mean, when you throw 23 million people off of health care without even a hearing, that's dangerous uh -huh. to those 23 million people. We have, to ha we have to be able to discuss the issues without demonizing the opponent. And honestly, Wolf... Like you just did to the Republicans. But then she says, honestly, Wolf? I think the media needs to look at itself as well. <laughs> uh, the media it characterizes every <sighs> conversation as, uh, as a, an adversarial one. Your job, the media's job, I think, is to illuminate the facts, not fan the flames. Wow. So the wife of the socialist senator from Vermont jumps on the leader of the basket of bias and says, you're the problem, CNN. Which, you know what, how many times have I told you guys that Bernie Sanders and I identify a lot of the same problems in this country. I just, our solutions are radically different. Now I can say I can agree with Mrs. Sanders. <laughs> CNN is definitely part of the problem. Hey, remember everybody, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. Grand day, everyone. We'll see you back here Friday tomorrow in the Blitz. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.